This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. One last kick of the can for your 2021-22 season on Real Kipper and Bourne. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Josh Santos on tech, and one last show, Sammy McKee producing. Now, JB, can we can we keep Sammy engaged in the next hour with the British Open on? Is that possible in our finale? I, I'll say, like, I get up every day with my young kids, and I woke up to a text from Sam McKee that was like, oh, Dustin Johnson's playing well. I was like, what is going on over at the McKee house? This guy's <laughs> up and working, grinding yeah. watching the British Open. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to get up for the show when, uh, the, when the Open's on. And, yeah, uh, scoring conditions. little rain overnight at St. Andrews today. Sun's come out, no wind. Boys are going low. I saw uh, Cam Smith, I think, four straight birdies to start his round. Things are going low at uh, St. Andrews today. So there's the the Open Championship update from <laughs> Sam. So, so here we are in the last show of our season. Show number 199. Uh, Sammy, you couldn't find one more? Fudge it's the numbers. A- it's been approximate all year. Like, there was a couple when I went away to Florida there that I don't know if I got it right. So, like, we could be at 200 for our final show, and I could have just completely screwed it up. But it's been approximate I, I all like, year, boy. We'll open the season on 200 next year. I yeah, like that. Like, that's, a, that's great, yeah. Judging by the uh, spelling mistakes on uh, on his <laughs> – uh, and, and, and maybe a few, uh, you know, misinformation, I, we could be at – Show number 225 for... for <laughs> it's like how Sammy adds up his scorecard. It's all the same. It's, oh, it's an approximation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're, yeah. we're glad everybody's along uh, for our last uh, show of the season. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's just us. And we've had some great guests all season long. And we know that. But uh, I think for, for the next hour, we're still going to touch on a few stories obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs with a couple of signings yesterday and and we'll get that in we're going to talk about maybe the biggest story of the season the biggest surprise the biggest disappointment what will happen next maybe for the Toronto Maple Leafs and and stories around the National Hockey League so we're, we're going to have some fun to, to wrap it up here um, but before we get into all of that um, Jordy Ben Victor Mete yeah. Matching seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar contracts on what we uh, appeared before all of this as a busy blue line. Let's start with you, JB. Well, first off, the Victor Mete thing is fascinating. Uh, you know, we've joked about Kyle Dubas being all in on the Kyle Dubas vision. Picking up a five foot nine D man to to really put a bow on that point was uh, <laughs> seems fitting. Um, kind of. That, that one really surprises me, given their needs. And to me, you know, he's a left-shot guy. Like, are we, are we saying something about Rasmus Sandin here? Like, is this just another – I mean, you know who else shoots left? Jordy Ben. Is, is Sandin out? Is that what these mean, moves mean? Sammy, you go, and I'm going to answer that question for JB. Well, I, I like – I will say that I kind of like the Jordy Ben signing because at least he – has a skill which is he is large 
big guy, hits, you know, has a little grit to his game. That's nice. But uh, I'm not going to sit here and have any good things to say really about Victor Mete. I've seen Victor, Victor Mete play a lot of hockey, and it's not really jumped off the page to me at all. So I think I'm hoping that that's more of an AHL contributor. Maybe they can sneak him through waivers. I, 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 don't, I hope he's not contributing a whole lot to the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I don't mind the Jordy Ben thing. He's a big guy. He can hit. He can shoot, I guess. I don't know. I don't mind Jordy Ben. But Victor Mete, no thank you. All right, JB. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm answering yes. I, I just forgot the way you phrased the question. <laughs> <laughs> Is Rasmus Sandin gone? I don't know about gone, but this has his fingerprints all over this pickup. And this, to me, is a clear message to Sandine and his agent that Mm -hmm. if you're not coming to training camp, I got the guy that's going to replace you. I, you know, I saw a lot of speculation from people who follow this stuff fairly closely that, like, Mete is a guy that wouldn't even clear waivers. Like, if they tried to put him on the Marlies or something like that. So this can be a situation where you pick up Mete and you sign him. And if you keep Sandine, then you put him on waivers and let someone grab him. Or he plays for you at the Marlies. Like, it's a harmless pickup. And if Sandine decides to go, well... I don't know. Maybe you give him a kick at the can. By the way, Jordy Ben has more points per game over his career than Victor Mete. Just throwing it out there. You think Mete's going to be an <laughs> offensive dynamo at 5'9". Uh, how many games for uh, Jordan? Uh, uh, Victor must have close to 250 under his belt. Yeah, yeah. Mete's around 250, and I think he's he's got like 40 points or something like that. To five goals. You, you got to understand. Jordy close to 500. You got to understand what you're getting with Victor Mete, and that is 600. a skating puck handling D guy that can skate a puck out of his own zone. That's his strength. Mm -hmm. And great. That to me is just another Kyle Dubas pickup where you you think, yeah, no kidding. Uh, But you think you're, you're buying low with a lot of upside and much like Matt Murray out of Ottawa, Victor Mete feels like he got screwed over in, in Ottawa as well and didn't get the opportunity to show his stuff. So that, that's what that is. And just to relate to Rasmus Sandin, this is strictly uh, you may start the season with no Sandin in the lineup. You may start. And mm-hmm. last I had heard, Sandin and the Leafs may be as much as a million dollars apart on contract talks. We know, that, we know the Leafs wanted to come in with the ballpark of Lilligren which, if I'm not mistaken, is one four, one, yeah, one four, five. Yep. One four. And one four. I think Rasmus Sandin might be in the ballpark of wanting two point five million. I, uh, it's tough. It's tough because Sandin doesn't really have enough of a track record to make that claim. I don't think. Um, it is fascinating though, just because how clearly the Leafs are trying to tie Sandine to Lilligren, and that that is the struggle right now. Where Sandine's saying, "I got nothing to do with that guy," and they're saying, "You're two peas in a pod, Sandine and Lilligren forever, best friends." Like this him. is this is what kind of gets me is that there's no question now. Kyle Dubis with Sandine is playing hardball, and I think that is a a huge message. To Sandine, those two pickups yesterday. The only yeah. thing I ask both of you is Kyle Dubas playing hardball. 
a, a, a little late? Really? Like, yeah. wasn't hardball needed with Nylander, Marner, Matthews, Riley? Yeah. Who am I missing? And of all the guys to do it with, have it be your probably your top prospect that you drafted? Like, is Sandine your top? Like, I guess he's played too much to be as quote-unquote prospect, but it's weird for him to grind a guy that he had all this history with, that he's kind of brought along, that he was, wasn't it his, maybe his first draft pick as the general manager? Like, it, like I just, I don't of, know why this is the guy they're picking to grind, but I, I don't know. If he wants 2.5, then I understand why they're doing it, but yeah, I this does seem like a curious one to play hardball on. One of the foundational beliefs of Kyle Dubas and in, in this group is that you, you pay your stars, you keep your elite talent, you keep your elite talent, and then you find value at the fringes, and that involves all of a sudden grinding everyone. Like, you know, you paid the, the, the guys, and this is not new information. We don't need to do this show again. But, yeah, it's, they're in a situation where they got to grind these guys. I'll be honest, this feels to me like the start of a Rasmus Sandin exit. Like, Sandin's not going to be happy with this, right? Well, they, they got enough guys. There's nowhere, nowhere in the roster for him to play. How do I build up my resume so I can be a star one day? Right. I'm looking to get paid here. I'm 23 or whatever Sandin is. Well, and that's it in a nutshell. And it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all to to hear that he's if he, if he hasn't asked for a trade, he will very soon. And you know, by the way, this is the same agent, Louis Gross, uh, who who did the Nylander contract, right? So yeah. He just turned 22, Cindy. We, we, we know Nylander could easily, uh, or Sandine can easily not be in the training camp, much like Nylander, uh, the, the Nylander situation. And then last minute, he gets done. But I, I don't, I don't, the difference between Sandine and Nylander all those years ago is they had money. They well, don't Neil- have Neil- money also right now. Also, difference is Nylander was an absolute star, or at least everyone he thought had a, he, he was had a, a track star. record. Yeah. So, you know, it is it's bold for Sandine to really dig in on this, but I, I don't know. If someone was gonna, someone was gonna, when you tried to find value on guys, all your own guys, someone was gonna yeah. say, "Listen, I'm not value. Pay me what I'm worth." Um, not surprised. This is a bit of a pickle right now. And 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 a trade, a, a trade. Of Sandine, and I don't even want to begin to speculate what that could bring back the Leafs. But he he, he would get he would get us a, a new contract in the twos. I don't think that's an issue for a lot of teams. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. how do I how do I get him now? It is but. interesting. Like if they have Sandine and he's two point one for two years, you know what what does that say to Lilligren? I think the other point is who cares. Uh, you know, you know, whatever. You know, you you're paid what you're worth, Lilligren. Don't uh, don't worry about what this guy's getting. You know, it's different situations, different players. But you know, when you don't retain on Matt Murray fifty percent, that's seven hundred <laughs> extra. Sure makes a big difference. Uh, it, it it does. But this would be a big blow if Sandine somehow finds himself in another uniform by October. This yeah. one would sting big time on the amount of time money resources you have had to your, develop your first rounders only to not see it through. Oh, 
Yeah, there's scary potential there. Uh, I, I really like Sandine. I think he's a guy who burns you if he leaves. No. Well, mm. and can Victor Mete come in in, no. in October? No, Sandine's no. coming in. <laughs> Listen, he, he can do a lot of the things that Sandine can, and that is skate a puck out of his own zone by himself. He has that reputation. But if you're asking him to defend, uh, that's an issue. It just feels, it just feels like the problem. Like what the problem has been. Am I the only one watching this hockey team? Like, no, I know. Feels like I'm. Ta- do- feels like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah. Like, yeah. go bring in a D man who well. skates puck out of zone and can't defend. Ha! Huh, we've done that. Just one note before we move on, uh, and it is on Victor Mete. Uh, but you know, once upon a time, he broke into the league as a teenager in Montreal. Yeah. And that year everybody was talking about this guy being a star. And the whole point of me bringing this up is, man, that's a prime example for all you young general managers is that you cannot make mistakes like this. And you said it moments ago, JB, like four years later, this guy's scrambling to save his career. And he was playing in the National Hockey League as a, as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And then and, and the decision by Montreal and Mark Bergevin to bring him up when clearly he wasn't quite ready because Claude Julian wanted him. And you didn't have the guts to go up to Claude Julian and say, I'm managing this team. He's not coming up. He's not ready. And it's, I think it's played in his development big time. Yeah, it's funny. It, it it really does seem to harm some players getting too much too soon. Um, you know, that looks like a case of it here. But, you know, I'm being hard on Mete. Like, you you, you mentioned the talent, the pedigree, playing in the league young. Like, it, it's not like he's nobody. And I'm just – I don't like it as a Sandine replacement. I liked Sandine's trajectory a lot. So it's more about Sandine than Mete, my comments today. Can I just make one more comment about the least decor? Just if you want to sign – Sandine, just trade Justin Hall for future considerations or somebody like something like there's a very easy way to clear out two million dollars here. Is there not? Yeah. Like, and I- wouldn't you just happily take the two million from Justin Hall and give it to Rasmus Sandine? Like I don't under, like I, am I, I once again I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, but not anyone well, in the league is going to take Justin Hall off your hands for nothing. Shot, you know, right hand shot, left hand shot. I know, I know, but like. And, yeah. and, and just on that note, it doesn't have to be for nothing. There, There That's is good. value for Justin Hall. It, you don't have to give him away. The man has played at times 15, 20 minutes, and there is a, an appetite for right-handed D. There, there, is a, there is a team that will give you something for him back. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's I just wanted to get that in. Money. Well, it just seems like Hall and Kerfoot are the two guys that everyone's like, if you need to free up money, they're but, the guys out the door. But they're pretty effective players, too. Well, I was going to say, with Kerfoot, I mean, Kerfoot's sneaky important to the Leafs now. Like, with the depth that they've kind of moved out here in the bottom half of their lineup to, like, sign these other guys, it's kind of scary how important Kerfoot is. Like, if you're moving Kerfoot, you have to bring in another guy that's going to contribute offensively. Because what did what did Kerfoot end up with? He had a pretty good year last year. Like he fifty-one points, fifty of them yeah, in strength. He's somewhat important to these guys, so I, I would be very careful moving him too because of the lack of depth they have now. It's Hall to me, boys. That's it. Hey, how how happy is 
Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe that this is our last show and they, <laughs> they don't have to they don't have to hear us anymore Get telling reports. them what to do. I, I got to say, it is really fitting that on the last show of the year, just trade Justin Hall comes up. Willie Nylander's contract is brought up. Like, the, we're playing all the hits here, boys. Who, who, the, the how can we bring up Nick Ritchie, boys? <laughs> yeah, don't bring He's on my list. He's on my list to bring up. Yeah. Uh, and you missed the opportunity to send McKay of, uh, to the airport to get to Vancouver, yeah, well, too. Yeah, I, I could have driven him. <laughs> all right. As promised uh, at the top of the show, uh, Big picture stuff throughout our, our season. Uh, biggest story of the season. If we start with the Toronto Maple Leafs and maybe expand uh, to the National Hockey League. JB, I'll start with you. Uh, biggest Leaf story for you this season. The biggest Leaf story this season was Jack Campbell. The Jack Campbell wow. experience, um, you know, a guy who started the season as a Vezina Trophy. We said Jack Campbell at Vezina Trophy for the first couple months a year. Every other show, we, we debated his next contract down to the penny and term. Mm. You know, given, I think Kipper gave him, or sorry, Sammy gave him six by six at one point. I did. I did. You know, I did, like I did do it's. That. 100%. Okay, okay. And, can and I interrupt for one second? League. Yeah, can yeah. I, you know, okay. If, if he gets to the, a, a second round or a third round, is it six? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, like, we weren't that far off. No, it wasn't ridiculous. The conversation was was very reasonable for a guy then who, if he had been average the rest of the season, probably gets six. He got Instead five. of the worst goalie in the league for four months in a row. He he got five on somewhat of a, of a meltdown in the back half of the season. Yeah. Some five. Level. I mean, guys, let's not forget, like, he pulled it together at the end of the season, but it was all hands on deck to get him there. You know, they did everything they could to put him in the right situations and his balance, his starts, and his rest, and his health, and they did everything they could to get him back to average by the end of the year. You know, I've been critical of Matt Murray, but this Jack Campbell thing, that the Jack Campbell roller coaster to me defined a lot of this season, so I'm, I'm going with the crease. Sammy, I'm, I'm going to get you to, okay. to give us another uh, Leaf angle here, uh, but mm -hmm. where is the Leafs turning their back on Jack Campbell uh, for, for a big story for you? Really high. I honestly think of all the players we talked about, I mean, the most oxygen we used, he has to be in the top three, right? Jack Campbell, I feel like the amount of shows we, had, we talked about, like Borny alluded to, it's very high in the list, and it was one of the ones I considered as just sort of him in general. But, yeah, I... I uh, Boy, it's going to be interesting and fascinating to see what he does next year. Like, that contract, that pressure, we'll see. But, yeah, it's high on my list too, boys. All right, Sammy, what else you got for us? Well, I want to say the uh, best player on the Toronto Maple Leafs, liter winning literally the oh, MVP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it's – for me, it's them losing the first goddamn round again. Oh, my like, God. Like, it really oh, no, is. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I'm sorry. Listen. That's a story. Like I, it had we talked about this team the whole year. We talked about how it was, you know, how it could be different, how this could happen, how this could happen. You know, they the the bottom half of their lineup is more equipped for the playoffs and they lost in the first <laughs> round again. Again. Like it's just it's an undeniable crazy thing that happened. They took the team one of the best teams in hockey history to seven games, couldn't get a bounce. Pick play in the game seven, and they still <laughs> lost, boys. 
It's just Correct that's me mine. If I'm wrong. It's that's my. Yeah. Didn't didn't we dedicate a show this season to how do how do you lift the witch, witchcraft uh, off of <laughs> yes. the, 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 the lose the curse? We didn't figure it out. And you don't. You just wear it. You wear the albatross for the for eternity. <laughs> Kipper, did you have something other than those two picks? Well, I I can't be as negative as Sammy just two seconds ago. So <laughs> I got to tell you, know, you though, Sammy hit it right on the, that's the perfect note for Sammy to hit, I think. <laughs> and, and by the way, for all you listeners, we're going to have a segment on uh, biggest disappointment. Just replay Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same story. Um, okay. Then I'm, I'm going positive and I'll say Austin Matthews. Yeah, I will. Yeah. It, it yeah. is. It's huge, guys. It is absolutely huge. The the sixty goals, the number, uh, the heart for for an organization in my lifetime, and I'm fifty six years old. That the Leafs have an MVP, and what he was able to do and show uh, the Leafs, and in my era, it was Daryl Sittler, and Daryl Sittler was a damn good player. But mm-hmm. never did we put him at the very top with the likes of uh, Wayne Gretzky, um, you know, and Brian Trotche, who had that those reputations of just leading and winning. Uh, and he was very good. But this is the first time since a Stanley Cup championship in 67 that you can say that you have one of the very best in your organization. And uh, that that to me is it. I wonder, Kipper, if that frees him up to not think about individual stuff. Not saying that he has as much, but you know, he mentioned mm. at times that it was a, a burden or you know something he couldn't help but think about. Yeah. I wonder if that frees him up a little bit to be like, all right, you know, now we got to get the got to get the team prize. I've got my public recognition. It, it is a natural development in a player, uh, I think, and I hope that he's trending on that. And he's still young enough where, holy geez, I, I can only imagine that he had 60 on his mind from the moment uh, the puck dropped to start the season. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yes, I think once you start getting into your mid-20s and you start thinking about, okay, uh, you know, n- not that he's on the back half of his career, but six years goes by pretty quick here. And you got to start thinking about your legacy and you got to start thinking about how you want to be remembered and how do you get, how do you cross that threshold of being a great player, a Gilbert Perrault, a Marcel Dion, but those aren't names that you first come out with when you think of great players because of one common denominator, they never won. And that's where Matthews has to start thinking is how do I get into the Stamkos club, the Wayne Gretzky club? And I think Connor McDavid's working on that as well, by the way. And we're talking Mm -hmm. about guys that are regarded as the two best players in the world, but those are, they have to be driving forces for them. Ovechkin, it took a while. Iserman, it took a while. Joe Sackick, I'm reading Joe Sackick uh, uh, stats the other day, and I think it took him six or seven years to 
to, to win his Stanley Cup eventually with uh, Colorado. So that that's is Matthews now thinking that way? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that that is the next step now. It's uh, going to be less impressive if he goes and scores 63 times next year or whatever the number is. It's like, okay, we've done that. Win time. Let, let, let's carry the boys through. Here's the, the only thing that might throw a bit of a curveball here is in a, in a cap world is that he's – is he thinking as much about winning a Stanley Cup as he is where he might be in two years? And I'm not saying that just to, to start anything up here, but it is a reality here, that especially of watching Johnny Gaudreau in that situation. And all Calgary has right now is they're, they're just holding their hands right now. Big mad. Big <laughs> right? mad. Yeah. And they are pissed. Yeah. I'm I'm shocked. And I don't think Goudreau helped himself. And maybe we'll get to a, a clip later on in the show. But Goudreau didn't do anything in that press conference to help him uh, mend fences in Calgary. All he did was pour gasoline on the fire. But, I have no sources and no anything. And I think he just hates Daryl Sutter. That's what I think. That's <laughs> well, just pure, listen, pure speculation. Okay. But just to not throw it off, but... Austin and Austin this year has to fight also that speculation. Sammy, that that talk ain't going anywhere anytime soon, eh? On on Matthews? No, no it's only intensifying. It's going to intensify, intensify until a contract is signed. And God forbid it doesn't happen on the July first next year, then it's even going to get more crazy. So, yeah, that's hey, listen. I think there was a, an article today in Post Media talking about that, about him potentially leaving. Like, this is a, you know, I know it's the summer. It's not a, There's not a ton to talk about after they sign guys, but this is a real conversation. And I would love to get inside his head and know what he's thinking, but I really, really have a hard time reading what he wants to do. We were talking about the Kopitar-Kings thing uh, yesterday. Kopitar's money comes off the books the same year Matthews is a free agent. So yeah, just I, keep I, that in I, mind. I, no, 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 Sammy, please. It's not coming off the books. It's just yeah, going to get lightened up. He's not going anywhere. He is Oh, it's going to be just 5 million less. He maybe 5 million less. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Okay. who knows by then. But it's not coming off the books. You're not getting 10 million dollars. You're going to get 5, 6 maybe, but he is mm-hmm. he's still going to be a a great player in 2 years. So 3 8 Sorry, Kipper. The reality is, you know who doesn't know what's going to happen? Austin Matthews right now. It's He can't even do anything for a year. He's having a funky monkey in you know, Cuba or something right now. Okay. He's not giving a second thought to this. <laughs> you're you're right and you're wrong. Goes. You're right He's and you're wrong. He's knee deep in a Mai Tai right now. <laughs> yeah. JB, you're right and you're wrong. You're right that he can't do anything about it. But you're wrong if he doesn't have some idea. And I got into this about uh I think he uh, wants to see Calgary. if the Leafs are good. On, on the, I just think it goes beyond that. And I think from the get-go, Johnny knew what he was doing. And Johnny and New York Islanders, once upon a time, Tavares knew exactly what they were doing. And players think about that a year and a half, two years. Where do you want to go? What's the perfect scenario? Well, I want to be close to my family. Or, you know, my wife yeah. doesn't like it there. Or I, whatever the case is. They start thinking about this stuff now. 100% he's thinking about it, but I think he's just going, let's just see where the Leafs are at. Are we better? Are we first in the division? Are we? I get that. You know, I get let's that. just see where we're at when it comes time. I, I don't think right now he's like, I'm going to Los Angeles. No, I don't think so either. 
I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. But there, there is a, there is a sense of what a perfect scenario would be a player. Um, you know, when he, when he looks at his overall feel for his career on where he'd for like sure. to be one day. And I think that process has already started for Austin Matthews. And I would imagine he's not going to tip his hand any more than Tavares did with the Islanders or Goudreau did with Calgary. My one thought on this is, do you think it's cooler? Do you think it's cooler in Austin Matthews mind to lift a cup for the Kings in Los Angeles near Arizona or for the Toronto Maple Leafs in, in Canada? My honest answer. And I know it sounds like I skewed that question. I still think it's Toronto. I still think for his legacy and this franchise and all that, he recognizes the value. I've always said that there's, uh, you know, it's it's great to win the Stanley Cup under any scenario, but it's another level with an original six team. It is. Mm -hmm. It's just. If you win it here, there is no end to like that's just the riches. You know, that's, that's it like the every every fine meat and cheese and ruby you want you're gonna have for the rest of your life hey you're talking to an ex-leaf and every every leaf since 1967 has said that and asked yeah. themselves that question so mm-hmm. join the club austin and they're all the rest of you of of dreaming of that this chest of gold behind the dragon that you just have to go slay that dragon who is undefeated <laughs> no problem. to date yeah. <laughs> one, one last thought on, on matthews is that under no circumstances can kyle dubas or brendan shanahan who or whoever is in management this time next year can allow austin to walk out the door for nothing like Calgary just got caught. No, that's that's not happening. Can't happen. You're right. No, um, I agree. Hey, okay, we're on point one of like eight things we have yes. to get. Yeah, to. okay. <laughs> you want it you want to do a <laughs> You want to do a big picture of the league? Uh yes. biggest story of the league for you? Sure, I went first last time. Why don't you have a go? All right. Um somewhat controversial of course uh, and we touched on this and we weren't shy to get our thoughts on it but uh, uh, not so much the the Chicago story Mm -hmm. but the fact that it cost the second winningest coach in history his job, Joel Quenville that to me is one of the biggest stories out there 100% and I, for the life of me, still don't completely understand it. I don't understand the only investigation came off the backs of a team that did it, investigating themselves, and voluntarily or involuntarily, Joel Quenville stepping down where I looked at an investigation like many others and didn't see a, a smoking gun that pointed it right at Joel Quenville and said, you are the one responsible. You are the one that had to give up your job. I don't get it. And here we are months later, and I still don't get it. That's that's my yeah. biggest story. Uh, I mean, massive story and, you know, the, the Blackhawks, how they handled that. And, you know, obviously the fallout from it that you're talking about was uh, – Massive, massive, and and a tough story for a lot of people, you know, myself included, and you, and you just to uh, how to uh, correctly approach and discuss. And it was, it was, a, it took over a lot of oxygen in the early part of the season. Uh, that's a great pick. Uh, my mine was uh, no Olympics, no Olympics mm. in a full season of hockey, 
after the previous two years of shortened seasons and jamming games in and weird playoff formats, we skipped the Olympics after committing to it, but every team played 82 games. You know, we forget, as this season felt normal, it wasn't promised to us. You know, there was no guarantee it was going to work out the way it did. And for me, the NHL having a normal full season uh, was, was a big story, given the way the, the previous two years had gone. Um, mine is the Leafs finding a way to lose. In the, no, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say I'm going to say the Lightning boys. The Lightning are my biggest story of them actually finding a way to get back to the final for the third straight year after, like, they were just decimated the whole way through. Injuries, like, they were the walking dead by the time they got to the to the, the final. And the fact that they took that Colorado team with that depth, that skill, that speed, everything to six games, to me, they're the, the biggest story of the year. Like, they were knocking on the door of an all-time great dynasty, so I'm going with the Tampa Bay Lightning as my uh, as my biggest story. Oh come on, Sammy! If what? you're gonna go, if you're gonna shrink it right down to that final, you gotta you gotta give Colorado a bigger story than Tampa Bay. Wow, they were expected to win. Colorado's no, expected to win. We were we were just talking about what what turns a, a great individual player into a great player, and that is winning. McKinnon yeah. got into the club this year, for sure. But I just think that I thought they were expected to do that for three straight years. I, you know, they were one of the best teams in the league for three straight years. They they had a disappointments. I just think to me that the fact that the the Tampa Bay Lightning had they climbed to that close to the top of the mountain again after all they've been through to me was just a bigger story. I, you know, I thought that said more about the Lightning than it did about the Avalanche. Avalanche are just a better team. That's, all right, all I, right. I really think on, on a least adjacent show, I'd say that is uh, that's the big story here. The team that beat yeah. the Leafs. God well, yes, of course, it's all about the Leafs. But no, I just, yeah. I, I yeah. was just like, I obviously hated the Lightning through that first round series, and they pissed me off. And Cooper condescending the Leafs constantly and condescending me, it felt like. But I just, <laughs> I was so impressed with them. Like I, when I look back on this season. To me, the story is how good the Tampa Bay Lightning were and the way that they got to the final and the fact that they just grinded that far. It blew my mind. So that's my biggest story. How about management getting way ahead of it with long-term contracts? Boy, they gave a lot of money, man. They did they give did. a lot of money, but I think they gave it to the right guys. Well, yeah, and whose AAV Sergeyev. do you not like? Like, I love Sorelli's. Uh, you like Chernax. Sergeyev's is high, but, I mean, he's a young, great 20-minute-a-night D-man. Mm-hmm. Look at just Seth Jones note. making nine five. Just speaking of the Stanley Cup final, uh, there is some thought that Kadri can go back to Colorado still, and they may hmm. try to be making room as we speak. So his options were just not as plentiful as expected here. No, or? no, JB, they were plentiful, including an offer from Columbus that we believe he turned down first yeah. before Johnny Goudreau in the ballpark of $55, 60000000 dollars over seven years. Yeah, I was thinking in the eights would be a reasonable number for, for a surprise team to offer him. So the, the, the money's the there. for Colorado? I don't think that they can go much higher than that. Yeah. Could they get to seven? But now you're uh, – Kadri's made a lot of money, and he's won a Stanley Cup. So at the end of the day, if he's making $85 million in his career, $100 million, I, I mean, I think he might be in that position where 
I get to choose where I want to play. And and Johnny Gaudreau's the same way. People may be yeah. pissed off in Calgary. Sorry. This guy, under the system, got to do what he wanted to do ultimately at the end of the day. And, and Kadri's in that position as well. And what he wanted to do was live in rural Ohio. I'm sorry. I can't help but take the odd swing. It's just such a surprise decision. All it's right. Not, we're... It's not rural. I know. <laughs> All right. Um we're squeezed. We only got this hour show. So, uh, biggest surprise. Should we go there with the Toronto Maple Leafs first? Yeah, sure. Uh, Sammy, you want to lead one off? Yeah, you lead, Sammy. Yeah, uh, the fact that Ely McKay got a hand transplant and scored 20 goals this year. It just blows my mind. I watched that guy play everything was about new hands. I watched that guy play every game for his whole career until this year, and he couldn't, like, he just didn't know. He shot it in the chest every time, and all of a sudden he's tucking him backhand for no reason. So give me Ilya McKay finding a way to score 20. Hey, if I give you uh, over under 35 goals for the next four years for Ilya McKay, what would you take? <laughs> I'll take it's over. Gonna I mean, yeah. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. Hard uh, under. I, Five you know, next Sammy, year. I love uh, it. And his game did grow. And for sure. he became a very important player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he's no Palat. He's no Kalorn uh, over sure. the years. <laughs> Agreed. But, but, but I think he may have been the closest to those type of players for the Leafs than anyone else that they have. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He Maybe. he seemed like the guy who could score you that surprise big goal, but uh, he didn't. But it didn't didn't happen. So, um, I'll I'll take a, a line made of his. David Camp. David Camp was awesome. You know, when this mm-hmm. guy came in, it was like ah, defensive specialist. He defenses well. He does the defense, defense, defense. Um, we score eleven goals or something this year. Like he was a contributor. He's rangy. He's long. Had energy. I, I just every time he was on the rink, you felt good about it. A nice surprise. A good contract. Um, I like the Bushkin as well. He was at my second place uh, vote here, but but I'll go with Camp. Boys, I'm going to trump both of you right now. Bunting sixty three points. Mm, yeah. Come on. That's yeah. the obvious answer. That's right. Come That's on. the correct answer. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's one of those ones that's felt too low-hanging, but it is the right answer. 63. Yes. Coming off barely really? 50 that games many? in your career. And for 900 uh, Listen, and I'm I'm not um I'm not a huge fan of him on a number one line. I don't believe he's heavy enough to do that. But I, I give him full credit here. And this was so much more than just riding the coattails of 34 and 16. This guy is smart, yeah. and he knows how to get uh, to the right areas, and he's got uh, very good timing, and it's just one hell of a feat. And uh, it I was will more give, than that, yeah. And I will give Kyle Dubas a ton of credit here because now he Bunting really established him as a guy that can uh, go out there and, and, and bargain basement shot. It, it's, and it's hard to overstate the importance of that second year to the Leafs scoring depth. Like, honestly, like that, that second year is at 950 is just so massive for the Leafs. Uh, and oh. This is like the first time I've had the thought, wait, what happens with him? What are they going to oh, yeah. let him? It's, it's, if Morty, it's never ending. Four, seven, five, what's Bunting getting? It's You're never right. ending. You know, and unfortunately, it's human behavior here, and this doesn't speak on bunting, but his first thought is, 
I got to do it again to go get my four and a half million dollars, like Mikheyev and uh, Mason Marchment. That's what I need to do, and he, yeah. it ain't it ain't about anything else. That's, no, he's got to get a payday. He's twenty seven years old part. this upcoming season, mm-hmm. and I you did say it was more than playing with Matthews and Marner. Yes, 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 and all that. But that is the cushiest gig in the National Hockey League. 100%. <laughs> well, it slot. JB, let me stay positive for Leaf fans, please. <laughs> Boys, I'm, I'm tapping in five a year on that line. Like, come on. Oh, easily. You might get ten. You might get ten in that spot. All right, let's All right. let's break now because we want to leave a little bit uh, on the uh, on the the time that we have after uh, the break here, including crystal ball time. What will happen this off season for the Leafs and uh, and the rest of the league, and then uh, give us ample time to uh, to thank a few people uh, for what uh, you know has been a, a great show and a lot of fun. All right, so after the break, right. more Kipper and Born on episode. 199 but we but we think more because Sammy can't count. <laughs> Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with JD, Blake and English. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Wrapping up. What has been a fun year on Real Kipper and Born uh boys crystal ball time. What will still happen this off season, both for the Leafs and maybe a, a look around the the league? Uh, let's start with you, JB. Well, I did, you know, what to expect in the in the year ahead here for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I just think that the the goaltending bet, which I have been very outspoken on, it all hinges on that. It goes one of two ways for me: if the goaltending is good, Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, the Leafs can win their division. This is still a great hockey team. There's still a ton of pieces. There's still a lot of reasons to be positive about what the Leafs are. If the goaltending is bad, it can submarine momentum and get them off to a bad start in a division no. where there's a lot of good hockey teams. Yes. Sammy, I think... they'll just they'll just win 7-5, no? <laughs> I don't think they Every can game. score like that. I honestly think that if their goaltending is bad, it can be the end of Kyle Dubas by Christmas. But if the goaltending is good, that they can win their division. It's that drastic to me how much hinges on the crease. I... I think if I was going to predict something that's going to happen, I think they will trade Justin Hall before the end of the the off season. Would be my off season prediction. And for next year, I this is a this is a bold one, but I think that Matt Murray is going to play close to fifty games and have a nine fifteen save. Whoa! I love you. Whoa! Yeah. You're so is, important to this show. I don't say I, that enough. I love you. I honestly, <laughs> I, I just honestly, I I love the bet. I love the 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 people they have in place. Curtis Sanford, goalie whisperer, Owen Sound, Ontario legend. Oh, give me God. Matt Murray to have a huge year. <laughs> will, will the Leafs get caught? Games. Will the Leafs get caught a lot with too many men on the ice when the when the doctor that glues them together uh, <laughs> is, is beside him? He has to dress in the six D every night to be on the ice <laughs> oh. with the gorilla glue. <laughs> uh, for me, it's I, I think Sandine and. I, I think it's going to be an, an ugly showdown here. And I, I don't think that they're going to cave and give them the, the two and a half million dollars. I, I think they should get something back. Shouldn't they like I, something that can yes. help them? Yes. They should get another prospect back. How about a hockey but, player that can hockey this year? 
Uh, maybe. Yeah, that'd be nice. But then if if it's someone that has any stature at all, isn't he a three or four million dollar player? Yes. So. Yeah. Oh man, salary cap's awful. Oh, it's awful. I know. Uh, one more for the league. Can you imagine how fun this show would be? Imagine how fun the this show would be if there's no cap. Two hundred million. Like, they just trade it for everyone. Yeah. We don't talk about contracts. What do we talk about? One more Leaf crystal ball. Hockey? Yes. The Leafs set the NHL record for hiring assistants in management. Sammy McKee (laughs) becomes the assistant to Jason Spezza's assistant job. (laughs) What do you think? Could could they use another Uh, assistant? I think so. Well, I I mean, Jason, buddy, Jason Spezza. He's already he's already earning his money, yucking it up with Connor skating on on the Leafs ice. Connor's he's oh. got him on the he's oh have a little chat there. Did that sure make Kenny Edmonton Oilers? Edmonton Oilers fans weren't too happy watching that, were they? And they should not have been. I would be very pissed off. I feel like Jason Spezza is going to run an NHL team at some point in the not too distant future. November. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he's ready by then, but give him a little bit of a buffer here. Um, um, okay. All right. Anything else on the Leafs? You got a you got a big picture National Hockey League thought on uh, what will happen still this off season? Yeah, you know, I'm a member of the uh, Professional Hockey Raiders Association. We've been told that next Ooh, year, you know, it'll, it'll, I know, let me flash my card. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let me wow. tell you, here's a little piece of inside. Next year will be normalcy. That's something. Normalcy for the media in the dressing rooms, media floating around the room after the game, no more Zoom interviews. It's supposed to be a proper normal season is the current plan for next season. So I'm hoping we get a few more good snippets and bits of information. It helps the media out a lot. Like that. All right. Sammy, you got one uh, Did major think, one, I, one more major prediction the for the gonna... Leafs? Oh, not for the Leafs, but just just for the for the division. I I'm buying what the Senators are selling. I think they're. I don't think they're going to be really good, but I think they're going to be improved and they're going to be a, they're going to be a threat. I really really believe that the Battle of Ontario will be back next year. Nice. We're how all about Marchment? How about Florida has lost Marchment, Nudavara, Giroux, Sherratt, uh, Achari, and what do they bring back? Colin White. Is Florida going to be all right? Nice. Nice. Not sure. All right, listen, yeah. uh, we're, we're, we're wrapping up here. Just some names uh, to thank uh, for real Kipper and Bourne. Uh, Jennifer Rolnick has been terrific. Uh, Derek Brandeo and Josh Santos, uh, uh, before Josh, uh, Derek did a terrific job for us. Uh, we really appreciate that. So many guests, guys, um, yeah. over the years that uh, have contributed. Uh, Darren, uh, Darren Pang, Brian Lawton, uh Gord Stellick. Oh, oh man. Gord Stellick, Gord, first overall. Been awesome. Colby, Colby. Ralphie, yes. Craig Simpson, Mike mm-hmm. McKenna, Eric Francis, Aaron Ward, Jason York, Mike Kelly, Talk, Gretz, the the great one dropping on mm-hmm. uh into our show. Messier. Yeah. Luke Fox. Renault uh, uh <laughs> Lavoie. Uh, I mean Am I missing anybody, guys? No, but I will say it's impressive that throughout the year, all the care of uh, trying to get accents right, you always nail Renault Lavoie. Like some of the others, complete butcher jobs. Renault Lavoie, you nail every time. 
Shout Curtis you, Joseph was fantastic this year. And if anybody yes. can pick yeah. up a podcast and go back and listen to his words, awesome. Best best interview of the year, a quick vote for Brett Hull. Nice. Brett Hull Brett was Hall. spectacular with Oh, us. yeah. Hull. Nice. All right. <laughs> I'll end on this note. In a sports world and broadcasting world where we often don't know what happens from day to day, I'm so very happy and grateful. Greg Sansoni and Dan Toman brought the three of us together. I had an absolute blast. Uh, Sammy, you, Justin, uh, Doug McLean, the last few years have completely rejuvenated my passion to broadcast. And for that, I am very grateful. To all of you listening on Sportsnet 590, the fan downloading sports, uh, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, thank you for making us one of the most listened to hockey shows out there in such a short period of time. Your loyalty and dedication to our show is so greatly appreciated by all. And don't be shy. Give us a last ratings and review today. Tell us what you like or don't like because your feedback is always our true barometer. For Sammy McKee, Justin Bourne, and the entire staff here at Real Kipper Bourne, Wish you all a happy and safe rest of the summer.